it is surprising the number of women that are supporting her, right? She's, she's in court. She's facing three murder charges. She strangled the three children. <clears throat> there are some people that address this as like, if you think she's guilty, you're an idiot. Well, you know, it's the prosecutors bringing the case. But it certainly seemingly is leading to a discussion of postpartum depression, possibly postpartum psychosis. Now, there's someone that's very brave who was posting on the page saying, you know, I also suffered this. I heard voices. I haven't told a lot of people about that. You know, I admire someone I do who's willing to come forward. And she's agreed to join us. And she's going to share as much or as little as she wants to. But I am certainly, certainly willing to listen. And I believe we're going to get her on right now. Yes, we are. Just for a couple moments. And she's very kind to take. Hi. There she is. All right. I'm just going to use her first name, which is Ginger. And Ginger, thank you for taking the time to speak to us. I know this is not an easy topic. And as I expressed to you, um, I give you courage. I give you credit, I should say, for the courage to step forward. No, no judgment here. You have insight. Other people don't. You share as much or as little as you like. But you seem to have an interesting perspective on the Lindsay Clancy case, which has left a lot of people dumbfounded of how something like this could happen, how a mother could do that to her children, her three children, and the, the guys of which the hearing of what could have put her in that state. So what, what can I, I just want to listen and hear you share just your thoughts on this. So. I'm going to start from the beginning. Um, It's been hard all day because I never told anybody the details. I just, you know, said certain things. I went to a mental hospital, whatever, but I never said the details. So it's been hard reliving that. It was 22 years ago. So I had my son. The next day I woke up, I was crying. Couldn't stop crying. And the nurses at Kenton Hospital back then, they they were understanding. I don't think they knew what, what that was, postpartum depression. And I'll never forget, the nurse comes in and she goes, what's wrong with you? I said, I I don't know. I said, I can't stop crying. I'm so depressed. And she's looking at me disgusted. And I'm like, oh, maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe mothers aren't supposed to do this. So that was the first start. Long story short, um, I progressively got worse. I was very mean to my husband. Every day he'd come home and I would just start a fight. I wanted to. I Hatred drove me. And. When Tyler would be sleeping, and I can still see him in the cradle, I would walk up to him with a pillow, and I would want to kill him. And I hated him for making me overweight and giving me stretch marks like, you did this to me. But the minute he would wake up, I would hold him. I love you. I'd be a loving mother. But I, I couldn't get those thoughts out of my head that I wanted to take his life. And I remember I would hold him in the kitchen. I could still see the kitchen. And I remember saying, your dad's going to hurt us. We're going to leave. We're going to pack up and leave because he's going to hurt us. Like all these thoughts in my head that were just insane. But at that point, I thought I was still okay. I just was that whatever. I thought the dad was going to hurt us. We're going to leave. Like it was so weird. And I would hear voices calling my name all the time. And I would say what? And I'd look around. Nobody was there. And I'm like, maybe I just thought I heard him. You know, whatever. Like you just make excuses for yourself. Sure. And I had, I was sleeping one night, I had a dream that I was beating Tyler, and I woke up and I was punching him. 
like literally punching him. And I was like, and then I be, became back to the real ginger I am. And I was like, oh my God, are you okay? Like, I, I was like, what is wrong with me? There's something not right, but I didn't get it because yes, I read about it during the pregnancy, but people were like, oh, you're just depressed. You have a kid that's normal. But I was like, is this normal that I want to kill my son? I hate my husband. Every day I'm fighting with him. I, I want to take my son and just run away. And I was so manic that every time Tyler would wake up for a bottle, I would work out and do Tybo for an hour. So if he woke up at one in the morning, I would do Tybo till two. And then if he went back to sleep and say he woke up at four in the morning, I would do Tybo again for another hour. Like I worked out three to four hours a day. It was only sleeping three hours a week. I was insane. I couldn't stop. I... But I used to say, like, I wish I didn't have you. I hate you. Like, all these horrible things to him. And thank God he doesn't remember this. And then one day, months later, I think it was four months old, I called my friend who worked for my gyno. And I said, I think I have that postpartum depression. I'm in trouble because I don't want to live anymore. And I don't want him to live either. So she brought me in. They put me on a fax You know, I went to Butler Hospital. In a few weeks, I was great. Okay, fast forward. I have my second son. It kicks up again. So one day my, my husband at the time calls me from work. He's like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm cutting myself. And he said, well, what do you mean? I said, I'm, I'm cutting my arm. And I said, it's so normal. Like to me, it was normal. I just want to cut myself. So he left work and he picked me up, brought me to the hospital. They had to raise my dose. And once they did that, I was okay. But when I found out about the mother who killed her children, yeah, my first thought is, oh my God, kill her. How could she do this? But the other part of me, I get it. Like, you're not yourself. Your hormones change. Like, you're just not yourself. I, I, I can't explain it if you haven't been through it. I never thought it would get me, but it got me twice. So it, it's just a horrible thing, and I feel bad for those kids. And that's why when you watch the arraignment and she's staring into the camera, just like, eh, whatever, like, I don't care. That's not her. That she, Her brain is just gone. You know, and I, I feel bad for the kids. I feel bad for her. And I'm lucky enough that I called my friend and said, I need help. Something's wrong because I love my kids. I, I have three great kids, 22, 21, and 14. But if I wasn't smart enough to make that call, then I don't think my, my oldest son would be here and I'd be in jail. So, Now, Ginger, there, there's a gap between the second child and your youngest. Um, I'm wondering if, I mean, if... if and again, I, I just wonder, was was a deterrent to have a, a third child after what you just went through with two? I would think that someone, if you come out of it, you say, you know, I'm never going through that again. So you're right. So you're right. So let me explain my two boys I have with my ex-husband and I was dating someone else and he said he couldn't have children. OK, great. I don't want any more. I have enough problems. I don't want any more. Right. And I got pregnant again. Huh. And I was like, uh, you can have kids. <laughs> so huh. that's how that happened. Um, yes, I mean, having three kids is a lot. I mean, I don't care if you've got tons of money, if you've got no money. It, it, it's, it's a lot. Um, so, yeah, I was scared when I found out I was pregnant with the third. I was like, I can't go through this postpartum shit again. I, I, I have two boys I'm close with. Everything's great. Like, I don't need another. But I'm, I'm glad I had her. She's great. She's 14. She's healthy. And she's a great kid. Um, right. But, it, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying, because I used to be just like that. Like, why would you have another one? Are you crazy? So mm. I get it. And I respect your opinion. I, you know, I was happy that you wanted me to come on the show yes. to educate people, because it's a hard thing. And I had to call my son last night and tell him, listen, this is what's going to be said. I love you. That wasn't me. 
you know, I, I don't want to hurt him, but that that's my story. I mean, that's what happened. I now, Ginger, so with Lindsay Glancy, do you, how do you view her? Is this someone who, because, you know, if you heard the arraignment that day seemed normal, she took her youngest daughter to the peed in the morning, came home, made a snowman with the five-year-old girl, three-year-old girl, and then suddenly, according to the prosecutor, she's planning to get the husband out of the house. No, I get it. I get it. Because when I used to whisper in Tyler's ear, I, I can still see it. The brown tile on the kitchen floor standing in front of the stove holding him, saying, I'm going to get us out of here. I'm going to pack our bags. We're going to leave because he's going to hurt us. When my husband was a great father and a great husband, my brain was telling me that, you know, if I really left, you know, and took Tyler, I would have made plans. Like, well, I'll wait till he goes to work. You know, I get what the prosecutor said. She was calculated. She planned it. But that wasn't her. That, I don't know if you want to call it the devil, the other side of her. That wasn't her. When I first heard this story, I'm like, wow, what a piece of shit. How could she do that, you know, drag her around a I, horse, kill her? But right. then I started hearing details. I'm like, oh, God, I get it. I've been there. And it sucks. It, I know, like, believe me, I picture myself taking an exercise rope and killing my kids. I could never do it because I'm normal now. But back then, that's a different story. I don't know if I could have. Maybe. Do, do you think, Ginger, do you, like when you're hearing about the different medications, now what you went through was obviously 20 years ago. Are the medications, are they, are they making it better? Is it clouding things? Like, I think they're making it worse. There's too many. I saw the names and one of them I'm still on, and which is amitriptyline. I take one of those. I am out like a light. I sleep solid all night. I don't wake up for anything. Oh. And when I saw that, I was like, wait a minute, amitriptyline, Valium, Zoloft, right there, those three are powerful, mixed together. She must have been a zombie. And then you add another, what, nine or ten medicines on that? Oh. I can't believe a doctor, I don't know if she was doctor shopping, if she had a couple different doctors that were helping. I don't know what the story is, but that's ridiculous. Can you touch on uh, the stigma of, because let's face it, you know, that. Nor I don't, I don't want to use the word normally, but most often the birth of a child is seen as, you know, welcome to the world and the balloons and the evolution of life. And it brings families together and, you know, your parents and grandparents. And it's this incredible there, there's certainly pressure to feel that something incredible has happened. But what about the stigma that? There you are crying the next day in the hospital where the nurse even says, like, what's what's wrong with you? You should be this happy person. Right. It, it sucks. It's a lot of pressure. I mean, I remember thinking there was something wrong with me when she was like, what's wrong with you? Right. And I'm like, oh, 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 that's right. You're supposed to be happy you just had a child. What, what is wrong? Maybe even the only one that suffers from this. I mean, that's why my second child, I went to women infants because they treated me so bad at Kent. Okay. But then the third child, I did go to Kent. They were great. I mean, this was years ago, so yeah. maybe it was different. Um, but yeah, it was horrible. It, it was a lot of pressure because it's like, oh, I'm supposed to be happy. So just stop crying. Just keep oh. it in. Don't tell anybody and be fine. So now- yeah, it, do you feel, um, did you did you have thoughts like this during the pregnancy or did it all kind of show itself once the child was born? It showed himself right when he was born. The mm. whole pregnancy, I was normal. I didn't cry much. I, I was a normal person. And 
but I read about it only because my friend said, hey, read about this postpartum depression. I'm like, yeah, okay, but I'll never have it. So, okay, I'll just read a little bit. And that's the only thing that saved me because she had told me, read about it. But it mm. wasn't really common back then, a little bit, but not really. You know, so I'm glad I when I because I would go into this evil mode and then snap out of it and be like, you need help. Something's wrong. You're hearing voices. You want to kill your child. Like something's not right. How? You know, so I'm glad she said that. And I did read about it because I remember seeing all the symptoms and I'm like, I have whole of them. Something's wrong. So she never told me about that during the pregnancy. I don't know where I'd be today or my son would be today. But like, I feel guilty. I feel guilty that. Like, I still see myself with the pillow standing over his cradle, you know? Like, he was so cute just sleeping there, and I'm standing there with a pillow and thinking all these bad things. Like, I feel that's bothered me for years. I try and suppress it, but because I don't want him to ever think it was him. Right. It was me. You Did know, you, and I... T- tell us about the voices, because that must really be alarming. I mean, that is something. Tell us about the voices. When I heard the uh, arraignment and I heard she called her husband and said I heard a guy telling me to kill the kids right there I was like oh my god like it brought me back and I used to sit on the couch I would feed him and I would hear ginger ginger and I'd look around and I'm like nobody's there that's all I heard was my name constantly being called and I think once I told my husband I keep hearing somebody call my name I don't know if this kid, it's the kids outside but I keep hearing my name because your brain doesn't want to admit it your brain wants to think well there's a logical explanation but there wasn't i constantly heard my name the voices didn't say anything it just said my name so when i heard her say that she heard voices i'm like oh my god i did too you know so i hate to say this i know a lot of people are going to just i feel bad for her because i hope she never snaps out of this state because if she does and she realizes what she did the real her is going to just be devastated and she has to live with this. And it's a horrible feeling, I'm sure. I could never live with myself if I took my child. But when you're in that state, it's okay. Because you think you're saving them. You're helping them by taking their life. Hmm. Folks, you again, know, our guest is Ginger. And Ginger, first of all, thank you again. I mean, this is very insightful. If you could also just touch on, you know, the, as you, I think it's interesting that you're saying like there was a plan of like you have to get t- your son. We got to get out of here. We're going to get away from him. Right. So like you could almost picture she was in a furious mode yes. of I have to get this done. Yes. Including yourself before he gets home. But just the, the, the vision of yourself with the pillow. I think what must just be torturous is of just how it would then make you feel. When you think back on that of and and again, you're not in your right state of mind, but could you describe the emotions that then you would feel so horrible afterwards that you were actually thinking those things? Yeah, I that's why I didn't tell many people the details. Um, You know, I said I went to Butler to get help, but like I can see myself with that pillow. I can still see his grandfather made the. um, the little crib he was in by hand. I can still see Tyler laying on his right side. I mean, it's like I was there yesterday wow. and I feel guilty, but it wasn't me. Right. You know, but like I said, as soon as he would wake up, I put the pillow down, pick him up. I love you. Hi, baby. I give him all these kisses. That's why people are confused when they see the photos of her with her kids and she's smiling. I get it. 
because that's how I was. Like, I was always smiling and happy and loved Tyler. But the minute he'd fall asleep and he'd be defenseless, the evil came out of me and I just wanted him gone. And I, I hate to say that, but I just, if I can educate one person or somebody who's pregnant, who's listening and can, can understand what I'm saying and maybe pay attention to the signs, then I, I did good because it's horrible. Like Andrea Yates, who killed her kids, you know, I feel bad that they got drowned, but I get it. She wasn't in her rights. That wasn't her. You know, it's, it's, I don't, it's hard to make people understand who don't have it. But when the medication kicked in, I was me again. I mean, I didn't think that way no more. I was fine. And the doctor said, you know, sometimes when you have babies, your hormones go into it. Like, a, a how can I say it? Um, they don't balance out. Yep. And so your brain is not working correctly. So that makes sense. And the medicine kicked in. I was ginger again and everything was great. So, but then I had Cody and it started again. So they'd raise the dose. But I, I just wish I could make people understand how serious this disease is. And to know that she cut her wrist and jumped out the window and she's paralyzed probably forever. I just, I, I feel horrible because if she ever gets normal again, oh, is she going to just wish she could take that day back, you know? And I'm so grateful that didn't happen to me and my kids. So, Ginger, what could be done, though? Now, let's just look at her situation. She she went to Women and Infants in Providence in December, and they treated her. She was in McLean Hospital, which is a very, you know, criti- critically acclaimed hospital in Belmont, Mass. She was admitted. So she she seemingly was doing all the right things. What we, where is this thing breaking down? Honestly, or, yeah, the doctors, and I huh. will explain why I think that. Go ahead. I, uh, my ex was very abusive, um, beat me pretty bad. Oh. Um, event- eventually, my brain fell down and was sitting on my spinal cord. So I kept getting these horrible pressure, pain in the back of my head. I mean, brutal pain that you just wish you were dead. So I went to Kent Hospital. I went, I called my doctor and they all dismissed it. No, you're 32 years old because I was 32 at the time. They said, you're fine. You know, it's just stress. I'm like, no, listen, something's wrong. I said, I'm having strokes. I said, my left arm is going numb. I can't hold a cigarette. I can't hold my phone. I wake up in the middle of the night screaming because the left arm is so numb. I can't feel it. I said, something is wrong with my brain. Nobody wanted to listen to me. Hmm. And then I go to Ken, you know, oh, follow my finger, bend down and touch your toes. I'm like, I, I can't touch my toes. If I bend down, all the pressure is going to go to my head and I'm going to be in pain. So I try and squat down and touch my toes. And he's like, well, I think you're okay. You know, maybe this is whatever. I'm like, I got a tumor in my head. I'm dying. And nobody can. So he goes, well, you can see a specialist if you want, but I'm sure you're fine. Long story short, I saw a specialist, thank God. But I almost gave up. So I'm like, no doctors are listening. I went to the specialist. He's like, uh, you have Chiari 1 malformation. Your brain is sitting on your spinal cord and you can die like any second. If you sneeze too hard, you will possibly die. If you cough too hard, anything that made your like pressure run to the brain. It'll just fall, and then wherever you are, you will drop and die. So I gave up hope when it came to doctors because mm. I really believe when it comes to the insurance you have, oh, that's all she has? Yeah, you're fine. Get out of here. So honestly, like today, to this day, if I'm really sick, I don't go unless like it's really, really bad because I don't trust them. Well, let me let me come back to <laughs> Lindsay Glancy. The, yep. From what we understand, 
The husband's at the aisle of CVS. Yep. He calls her. She doesn't answer. She does call back. And she, I think, clarifies the type of medicine he's supposed to be purchasing. Um, is it like what? It, what is? What is your reaction to? I mean, he had her on the phone, and he said it was a it was a fourteen second phone call. It sounded like she was in the middle of something, but it also sounds like he didn't sense that. Like that could have been a moment of truth, right there in the in the middle of that. I get it. She. Her, let me just explain her broken brain let's just say it like that wanted to kill the children and the devil is going to lead you in whatever direction you have to go in and make you say whatever you have to say you know what I mean like when she says she asked for a lawyer I get it like yeah she was out of her mind but yeah you get oh shit I did something bad I need a lawyer Right. like I get what she did when I heard she planned it and told him to leave the house I get it because if you really believe I have to kill my kids because uh, this will save them. This will help them. Yeah, you'll do anything you can to get the person out of the house or, you know, arrange it where you can kill them and be alone. I get what she did, and I feel bad saying that because I feel bad for those kids. But I get it. Ginger, get let, it. Me, let me ask you this. And again, folks, Ginger has gone through this. Um, I mean, you could argue that the doctors are making improvements because... Something of this nature is not happening every week. It's not happening every month. It is still very extreme. So, you know, on the converse side, it did happen with her, but possibly a lot of the efforts they're making are in the right direction and successful. But here's the I think it comes down to this, Ginger. Like what when when you would be standing over the crib and you have the pillow and he's sleeping, I assume you're is your husband sleeping as well? Is it nighttime? No, is he, it daytime? He was at work. It was during the day. During the day. I, it comes down to what was it that prevented you from from moving forward? Because he woke up. Because he would wake up. I mean, was he it daily? Was it once yeah, that it, it happened? Daily. It was it daily. Was, yeah. Yep. Wow. Every day I would blame him because he made me fat. He changed my body. I didn't want him. Um, the doctors told me I couldn't have kids. And I was happy. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to bring a kid into this world. Yeah. I'm happy with not having kids. Mm. And then I got pregnant. I was like, shit, what, what do you mean? The doctors said I couldn't get pregnant. Right. So when I felt him kick, that's it. I fell in love. Oh, I felt I quit smoking. I, I tried to eat healthy. I fell in love with him. You, I could, oh, Ginger, was, let, me, let me just finally ask you this. Do you, do you think what, what could lift the stigma of people, women, being able to talk about this to, like, how how hard is it um, to get help or to, to talk about it? Let's face it. No one wants to talk about, talk about it. This isn't something you'd bring up at a party. How was your week? Well, I had an interesting week, you know, and take them through it. Uh, no one wants to, no one wants to think those things, let alone express them. But what could lift the stigma of this? I hate to say it. I hate to say this. More mothers hurting their kids. Oh. And then eventually people will listen and realize this is serious. I mean, when oh. I went to Butler, the doctor asked me, do you want to kill your son? And I said, yes. Oh. And But guess what? He didn't call DCYF. No. My son stayed with me. Right. Today, today I think they would have called DCYF. 
I don't know. I don't know. And I don't want to. I, 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 listen, there's a lot we don't know about this particular situation. Here's what I want to do. I want to thank you. I know it was very emotional. Junior, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Your firsthand experience on this is invaluable. And, and hopefully you're right. If one person could hear this and maybe say, I need to get help. You know, one final question. If they had taken you away from your son, would that have made the situation better or worse? Worse, because when I was in Butler, I missed him and wanted to be with him. Okay. But I knew I, I wasn't safe around him. You weren't. It's okay. hard to explain. No, I, I understand. Hear. That's See, that's a tough call. And I've heard, I had a long discussion with someone that said, the first impulse would be keep the woman, the mother away from the child. But then right. they have found in those instances that I was told when they've done that, the condition actually worsens. So, right. from, again, I, I didn't obviously go through it, but I was told that the the balancing act is to keep them with the child, but try to slowly help the mother regain her footing. Does that make right. sense? Yes, that makes sense. Yep. Okay. I get it. Ginger, thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, folks, there it is.